0: Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and you're listening to the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast, a place for practical advice for women looking to balance their hormones, ditch dieting, and discover mindset shifts that will keep you motivated and empowered on your healthy eating journey. Are you ready to get started? Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. Before we jump into the episode, I have an exciting announcement. I just created a brand new free training called 3 Proven Steps to Reducing Insulin Resistance Without Cutting Out All Carbs, Dieting, or Taking Metformin. Sounds good, right? In this 60-minute training, I'm going to share the exact three steps that I use to help women with PCOS reverse their symptoms, and especially the ones that are rooted in insulin resistance. So we're talking about things like cravings, weight gain, belly fat, fatigue, acne, missing periods, and even inflammation. Yeah, even inflammation is rooted in insulin resistance. So if you're a woman with PCOS, chances are you're likely dealing with insulin resistance. It's likely the main driver behind your symptoms and you'll want to address that before doing anything else. The good news is that you can 100% reverse insulin resistance with food and nutrition and that's exactly what I'll be sharing on this limited time masterclass. I highly encourage you to join me because you're going to learn the three steps that you can take immediately after the masterclass to address insulin resistance, including the essential shift that you'll wanna make before changing anything about your food, how to add carbohydrates into every meal without feeling like you're making the wrong food choices or worsening your symptoms, And you're also going to learn which eating style is best for you and how to strategically leverage the timing of your meals to balance insulin levels within a few short weeks of starting. I really hope you take a few seconds to sign up and join me live, and you can do so by going to daphnachazencom forward slash masterclass. Those of you who join me live will also be getting a special bonus just for showing up. So you definitely want to put this on your calendar. Again, you can go to daphnachazencom forward slash masterclass and sign up there. You'll find a few time options. You'll pick the best one for you and I'll see you there live. Okay, let's get into today's episode. We're talking about your PCOS type and whether or not it matters and whether or not you should be focusing on this when you're starting to treat the condition and really trying to dive deeper into what's going to work for you for balancing hormones. Today's episode is a recording of a Facebook Live that I recently did in my private Facebook group called PCOS Insiders. If you're not already a member, come on over. We want to see you there. This group is a safe, supportive space for women with PCOS where you can get information and also, of course, ask questions and just feel like you're a part of a community. I go live every week in the group about different topics that will help you on your journey to healing PCOS, and I also post tips and recipes and sometimes just fun gifts, so what's not to like? (laughs) It's all free, of course, and I want you to come join me over there. I know you're going to love it. All right, let's get into today's episode all about your PCOS type. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Happy Thursday. I hope you're all doing well and ready for the weekend. I know I am. <laughs> I am here going live today to talk about your PCOS type, like I promised. We're going to dive into what it is, You know, is. I'm sure some of you have seen quizzes and books and articles about your PCOS type. Maybe you even took one. Maybe you've already discovered your PCOS type and now you're working on fixing it, treating it in a certain way, or maybe you're not sure what to do with this information. So we're gonna talk all about your PCOS type, whether or not it matters. And I'm gonna actually give you three reasons why I think professionally and personally that you don't wanna pay too much of attention, too, too close of an attention to your PCOS type. And i'll give you the three reasons you'll know exactly why and we'll just go through it and i'll explain how i've seen pcos types play out in practice with my patients and in my programs so hopefully it will all make sense if you're here live i want you to jump into the chat let me know where you're coming from today where you're tuning in from today and i also want to know whether you've ever taken one of those pcos type quizzes or maybe you've read about it and you kind of have an inclination as to what, what PCOS type you may be dealing with. So if you did that, if you have taken one of those assessments, let me know in the comments, what, what did you get? What was your result? Uh, what kind of things did you find out? And if something was not clear or confusing, I want to know about it as well. If you're catching the recording, you can still jump into the comments and add questions because I will go back and look through. So if any questions come up afterwards, I will address them. And some of you may be listening to this on the podcast because I do plan to take this topic and put it on my podcast because it really is important and can be confusing, okay? Now, I got kicked out of my office today because I have an electrician working in my house. So if you hear background noises, I have work being done in my house. It always stresses me out that a wire's gonna be cut or the internet's gonna go down. So hopefully that won't happen. If it does, I'll jump back on from my phone or something. But I just wanted to give you a heads up, you're in my bedroom right now. So you're seeing some family pictures and I got kicked out of my office so I don't have my normal setup, but hopefully you can hear and see me okay. I think I'm gonna move back a little bit because I my top bun is being cut off. Hold on. One second. Let me just adjust this just a little bit. Okay. Good. It's Thursday top bun. Top on Thursday. All right. So, we're going to jump jump right into talking about your PCOS type. I have some notes because I wanted to make sure that I cover everything that you need to know in order to really understand this because this stuff is important. Okay? You really want to get a very, I, I like when people work with me or when people are listening to me, I like you to be very educated about what's going on in your body because that's really the only way you can get to the root cause of your issues, really fix your symptoms from the inside out, not just put a bandaid on top of them. And this is really important, okay? So anyone who's ever gotten a, a control, got, gotten their PCOS under control, gotten a handle on their symptoms didn't do it with some random approach. They really understood what's going on, what hormones are not in line and kind of imbalanced for them. They worked on that, they got it sorted out, and now they're feeling better. And even though you can't cure PCOS, you can get your symptoms to be so unnoticeable. You can get your symptoms to be so well tamed that it does look like you no longer have PCOS. Now you will always have the tendency, it's a lifelong condition, you cannot cure or reverse it. However, you can get your symptoms to be, again, so unnoticeable, so well controlled that you're not noticing them and they're not even showing up. If you had ovarian cysts or if you had, of course, missing periods, you can get those things to disappear. You can get your cysts to go away. And I have a lot of people who tell me, well, I used to have cysts, now I don't have them. Am I cured? Well, not really. You've controlled it. You made the changes that have helped your cysts to go away, but you still have the tendency to have PCOS, to have that come back. You still have the underlying kind of tendency for hormonal imbalances. So this is really important to understand, but you can get to the point where it's unnoticeable and seemingly reversed. So that's a good place to be in, right? All right, so let's see. Amber says, hi, you're from Florida. Well, lucky you, it's snowing here, so (laughs) that's fun i uh, pretty sure I have the stress-related type. Okay, Maria, hey, what's up, Maria? All right, you're from Texas and you're not sure? Okay, well, we're gonna talk about it. Hi, Michaela from Alberta and you you never typed it. Okay, so that's good. I think personally PCOS types are confusing. I think there's a few issues with them that we'll talk about today. So I think it's good if you're a newbie to this and you've never even gone through the whole quiz or or typing it, I think that's okay. So the first thing I wanna talk about is that it's really important to understand that PCOS is not like any other condition. PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome. And when we say syndrome, what we really mean is that there's a lot of different symptoms that could show up, okay? So if you took five women who all have PCOS, they can have very different symptoms. It can show up in many different ways within these five women, which is very different than something like hypertension or diabetes, right? So if someone has hypertension, we know they have high blood pressure. If someone has diabetes, we know they have high blood sugar. There's really no ends ifs or buts on around that. That's how it is. That is the condition with PCOS. That's not the case, right? We can see a variety of different symptoms. Someone could be, overweight and have anxiety and I'm actually thinking about a few different clients that I have right now. So someone could have excess weight, belly fat and anxiety and someone else could have hormonal acne, excess facial hair and no periods but be at a a, a healthy weight, at a normal weight. Okay so those two women both have PCOS totally different manifestation, totally different symptoms. It shows up in a million different combination of symptoms, which is what makes it so hard sometimes to treat, so hard to diagnose many times. And I think this is where the quizzes and the typing came in. It's, it's a way to try to help organize and kind of box in your PCOS types into a specific category. But I can tell you that it's not always helpful. It's not always what you wanna do, and it's not always gonna be beneficial to your treatment. So all of these, again, quizzes, books, articles that you read kind of take a group of symptoms and they clump them together and say, okay, this is adrenal, this is post-pill PCOS, this is inflammatory PCOS. And then what happens is if you read it or you, you, you come across these articles, you get boxed into thinking that you only need to take care of a specific type of, of uh, hormonal imbalance or a specific type of problem in your body, and that's sometimes not the case. So I'm jumping a little bit ahead to tell you what I think is the, the issue with it, but let's take a step back and talk about the, four. there are usually four to six different types that will come up that I've seen most most frequently. So. Let's talk about the four common ones that I really see a lot. So the first one is insulin resistant PCOS. And we know that 70 to 90% of women with PCOS do have some level of insulin resistance. So if you've taken one of these quizzes and you've gotten a different result, a different result, it may not necessarily mean that you're not insulin resistant because under the surface, many women still are. So that's one type, insulin resistant, which means you have high levels of insulin in your body and that causes cravings, that causes dark patches of skin in skin folds, that can cause skin tags, Um, high insulin levels can cause weight gain, of course, they can cause belly fat, fatigue, a lot of different things. So say you took the quiz, you came up as insulin resistant. Okay, well, that's one box that you could be in. The second thing that you could come up with is inflammation. So inflammatory PCOS. Sometimes when people have um, skin conditions like eczema, hives, acne, maybe you get sick very frequently. I had one patient who used to get sick at least 10 or 12 times a year, she would have a cold. Okay, so sometimes we refer to that as inflammatory PCOS, that person has a high level of inflammation, which means the immune system is currently constantly working hard to fight infections. And that's why her immune system wasn't available to fight common cold viruses and things like that, because it was constantly dealing with the chronic inflammation that was going on in the body. So if as I'm talking questions come up, just put them into the chat. I really wanna know if everything I'm saying is making sense and if you have anything that you wanna add or comment or ask about it, okay? So inflammatory PCOS is another type. And sometimes, you know, we would hear that inflammation always comes from the gut, and I'll talk about that. The other type of PCOS that may come up in one of those assessments is adrenal PCOS. And you know, Amber, you said uh, you have, you think you have the stress-related. That's usually referred to as adrenal PCOS, which is the adrenal glands will secrete um, an androgen, a male-type hormone that's called DHEAS, and that can cause your period to go away. That can cause things like hair. Growth, hair loss, as well as acne. So sometimes people, when there's a lot of stress, it, um, they would refer to that as adrenal PCOS. The other type is post pill. Anyone ever heard of post pill PCOS? And we're talking, of course, about the birth control pill. So post pill PCOS would happen when someone comes off the pill. And then because the pill suppresses hormones, it gives your body synthetic hormones. Your body is not making its own hormones while you're on the pill once you come off the pill, all your androgens shoot up. So androgens are your male hormones, they all of a sudden, we have this surge of male hormones that come in after the pill is no longer in the system, the hormones from the pill, and then you can not get your period back. So if you've come off the pill and your period didn't return for maybe three, four six months, or you all of a sudden your face got covered in acne, that happened to me, or hair, growth you know especially in the chin area sideburns, so like more male pattern that could sometimes be called um, post-pill pcos all right so these are the four types insulin resistant inflammatory adrenal post pill now the main issue well there are three things that i want to talk about when it comes to working off of these types i don't think they're bad i don't think you should totally ignore them For someone who's just getting diagnosed and getting started with their healing journey, I think it can give you a general sense of direction. And I think it could be helpful, especially if your doctor didn't give you a whole lot of information to go by, which unfortunately is very, very common. So I think I'm not here to totally poo-poo these tests or quizzes or PCOS type um, recommendations, but I do want you to be extra cautious and understand that sometimes they don't show you the whole picture. They don't really provide you with accurate information about your specific situation. So you wanna take it with a grain of salt for sure. So if you've taken a quiz or you're about to take the quiz or you come across one, take it just for kicks, just see what happens, but don't get too boxed in to one type or another. And here's why, and this is the first reason why I think there's an issue with PCOS types. puts you into a category that's really narrow and sometimes you know can delay your healing, it can send you down a rabbit hole of focusing on one thing that may not even be the main driver of your symptoms and sometimes it can totally blindside you. So I've seen this happen a lot. So for example, if someone took the quiz and it came up that you have inflammatory PCOS and you read that inflammation usually comes from the gut now you're gonna be fixated on gut health. You're gonna focus on reducing inflammation through working on your gut. So that could be elimination diets. A lot of times when you hear about working on gut health, you'll hear about food sensitivities, eliminating gluten, eliminating soy, eliminating sugar and dairy and coffee because that may cause sensitivities or inflammation. None of it is true, but unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And if you found out that you're PCOS type is inflammatory and you fixated on gut health and now you went down the rabbit hole of doing detox juice cleanses or taking probiotics or certain supplements that you think are good for gut or someone may recommend that are, you know, are good, gonna be good for your gut, it could even be a practitioner. I have a lot of clients who go to um, functional medicine practitioners or, or you know, naturopathic doctors and the first thing they're told to do is to fix their gut with an elimination diet. I don't really think that's necessary. Not everyone who has inflammation has a gut issue. So in this kind of situation, if you were only boxed into inflammation and thinking about the gut, you could be missing out on a whole bunch of other issues that are going on in your body. The main one is insulin resistance, again. So what happens is if you backtrack from inflammation, say you did have inflammation, say you have acne, you get sick all the time, you have joint pain, maybe migraines, you have a little bit of belly fat, those are all things that could definitely be related to inflammation. But at the root of it, the root cause of that inflammation is not necessarily your gut. And I see a lot of women who have a degree of inflammation and their gut is functioning perfectly. What could be at the root of that problem is insulin resistance because insulin will increase androgens. Okay, so when we have a lot of insulin in the system, our male hormones will shoot up. They will go higher because insulin acts on the ovaries to release testosterone. And we know that a lot of testosterone in the system causes inflammation. So as you can see, we have inflammation at the kind of like the thing that you see, okay? So if you think of an iceberg, the tip of it is at the top, that's inflammation. But underneath, we have high androgens. And underneath that, we have insulin. So really, if we wanted to take care of the inflammatory symptoms, acne, belly fat, um, migraines, joint pain, we don't want to address the gut, because that could not, that may not be the issue. We want to address insulin sensitivity, we want to make sure your body is working, you know, to reduce the demand for insulin, and we do that through diet and supplements, and then everything else will flow, right? Everything else will work itself out. Let me know in the comments if this makes sense, okay? Because I know it's a little bit, it's a lot of information and it can sound a little complicated, so let me know in the chat if this all makes sense. So the first reason that I don't like using PCOS types as kind of the end all be all for your treatment is What I just said, the first thing is it gets you boxed in. You get fixated on one type or another and then you may get blindsided or miss out on a whole bunch of other things that under the surface need to be worked on. That's number one. The second thing is PCOS type, the way that it's evaluated right now is based solely on symptoms, okay? So say I went outside right now and I saw a puddle of water on the ground. I'm gonna say it rained. Well, maybe it did rain. Maybe my son spilled a bucket of water outside or maybe a garden hose exploded and made a puddle. I don't know. Using your symptoms to say what's wrong is the same thing, right? So if I see a symptom and I say, okay, that's insulin resistance, I don't really know that. There could be other causes that have created that problem, okay? So my puddle of water is like a symptom. I don't know if it rained. I don't know if a bucket of water was spilled. I don't know if a garden hose popped. All of these things are possible. We need to test in order to really find out. Okay. So when you're taking a quiz or when you're reading an article and you're kind of self-diagnosing based on symptoms, you're not really doing it in a way that's systematic. It's not really addressing what's causing your issue. It's just kind of looking at the surface. So, We always wanna test. We always wanna make sure that you're getting the right testing done. And in my program, Reset Your PCOS, I help the ladies really cross-reference their symptoms with lab tests. So I tell them exactly what lab tests to get. I show them exactly how to speak to their doctor about it and ask for those lab tests. So we always wanna test and assess, not guess. We don't wanna be guessing when it comes to something this important. And with those PCOS-type quizzes, there's a little bit of guessing going on. Now, the problem with this is also that symptoms can sometimes overlap. So like I just said, a puddle of water could be a garden hose and rain, and it could be both, right? Both things could happen. The same thing with your symptoms. If you have fatigue and carb cravings, yeah, you could have insulin resistance. That's pretty common but you can also have high levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone that will definitely cause carb cravings and it will definitely cause fatigue. So, and you could have both things going on at the same time. So there's definitely overlap of symptoms frequently, especially with insulin resistance and inflammation, because like we just saw, both of these things are kind of related. And then your symptoms could also evolve over time. So depending on the seasons of your life, your PCOS symptoms may change. So you could have post-pill PCOS as soon as you come off the pill, but then a year later, you're no longer in post-pill PCOS. Maybe your period has returned, and now you're dealing with more acne, more facial hair, and more anxiety. Where now, we could have something else going on now. It's no longer post-pill PCOS. We need to treat it in a different way. So if someone had post-pill PCOS, what we would usually do is work on replenishing the nutrients that the pill usually kind of depletes. We may work on reducing testosterone, and there's just a little bit of waiting that goes on until your body kind of gets rid of the excess hormones that were there. But if it's been a year, you're no longer dealing with post-pill PCOS. So your symptoms could evolve and your type could change over time. This is why, again, you don't want to get boxed in to a certain type or another, okay? So you have to be really attentive to your body. You really have to recognize at which point in your life is it insulin resistance that's driving your symptoms. Maybe one day it will be inflammation. Maybe, you know, you're in a season in your work or personal life where you're very stressed and you're not sleeping. Like we just got through the holidays. That's usually a time where people are pretty stressed, especially in 2020, right? It was a terrible, difficult year. And you may be extra stressed, you may not be sleeping well, and you may have had too much alcohol during the holidays. Well, that could be you know, more inflammatory at that point because you're not sleeping, that will contribute to inflammation. Alcohol can contribute to inflammation. Whereas later on in the year, maybe when summer comes around and you love eating ice cream and pizza on the beach, you may be dealing with more insulin resistance because your diet has changed, so you're no longer stressed, you're actually pretty chill, you're happy, you're on the beach, you're having a good time during the summer, maybe you've taken time off, maybe you went on vacation and you ate differently than what you would during the year, right? So at that point, your insulin resistance may get a little bit worse. So you see how things are not like one or the other. You need to be flexible. You need to understand and read your symptoms and of course cross-reference it with what's happening in your life and ideally also get monitored for lab testing to understand how's your insulin, how's your blood sugar, how are your sex hormones doing, okay? So symptoms can overlap, symptoms can evolve. You have to really listen to your body. You know your body best. So you really have to stay kind of in tune with it and you know, make sure that you're, you're not fixating yourself on one type or another. Before I go into the third reason why I don't like using PCOS type, I'm gonna jump into the chat and see uh, what you guys are talking about. Okay, so um, Ashley is asking, is PCOS something you, you are born with or can you develop it over time? So both could happen. Usually there's a genetic predisposition. So if, you know, a mom or a sister has it, there's more chance that you will have it. Um, we don't really know what causes PCOS. So there's a lot more research that needs to be done, but sometimes people do develop it. Um, the genetic tendency will be there. So it's not something that you caused, okay? But like I said, sometimes people will have, um, you know, post pill PCOS, that's usually something more temporary. But if you're talking about a metabolic manifestation of it, like insulin resistance and missing periods and a long history of, you know, um, hormonal imbalances, that's usually not something that develops because of something you did or something that happened. It's usually a genetically predisposed condition. Um, Indy, hi, how you doing? How do you figure out your carb tolerance? I'm going to talk about that. Maria, can you have more than one type of PCOS at the same time? Yeah, so you can. So symptoms will overlap, your your PCOS type can change. So that's why it's not really the best thing to do um, to rely on one type or another. You can definitely have more than one type at the same time. Um, Yeah, so it can change, it can evolve. This is why I don't like it. You don't want to get boxed into one type or another it can change, it can evolve, and you can have more than one at the same time, you likely do, okay? Most women that I work with have both inflammation and insulin resistance at the same time. Um, Indy says, I've noticed that since I've cut back on carbs, my body is better, but I'm noticing some IBS symptoms. So this could be related to the type of fiber that you're eating, or sometimes it could be related to uh, the specific types of carbohydrates. So if you're dealing with more bloating, more gas, um, that could be related to the specific type of fiber that you're eating, so you you definitely wanna work on that. There are ways that you can modify the choices that you're making with, with the specific carbs that you're eating to reduce that. Okay, Krista says, most quizzes can decide what t- type I'm in. My symptoms don't really fit, yeah into any of the typical boxes that is common also. Um, and that's usually because like I said, it's a syndrome. So you can have your own unique kind of set of symptoms that doesn't really fit into any box. And I say, that's good. That's better because you don't want to fit yourself into a specific category anyway. So I don't think there's a problem with that. Uh, well taking probiotics help with PCOS, probably not. I usually don't recommend probiotics. Um, I think they're overly used. I used. I think there's a way to really keep your gut healthy without them. Most people don't need probiotics. There's actually very few conditions where probiotics are indicated as a treatment um, and, and PCOS is not one of them. Um, okay, good. All right, let's talk about the third reason why I don't like to use PCOS type kind of quizzes and things. And that's because it can mask other bigger issues that you may be dealing with. So I'm gonna tell you a story about my client, Juliana. I worked with her for about a year. She was a senior in high school when we started working together. And she was gaining weight even though she was very active. She was a lacrosse player, she was doing CrossFit, she was eating fairly healthy, but she couldn't stop gaining weight. And she also had no period. So she had very few periods, I think maybe one or two per year and nobody could tell what's going on. She was feeling fine, she wasn't stressed, she was feeling okay, and then she went to college and her problem got worse. So she was gaining even more weight, she was, you know, her periods were even more irregular and things were just not going well for her and nobody could figure out what was going on. Well, when she went online and did a few quizzes, what she found out is that her PCOS type was adrenal. And you know, when she went to college, she did feel a little bit more stressed because of this change in her lifestyle and she was moving away from home and she had to, you know, study and things like that. So that was a stressful move for her and she was experiencing a little bit of anxiety. So as she went through these quizzes, it came up that her PCOS type is adrenal. So what she had been told is to stop doing CrossFit, to stop playing sports because that would stress her adrenal system too much and to do things more like yoga, Pilates, stress management, breathing techniques, uh, relaxation, meditation, all of those things. So she did those things, she's a very kind of type A person, so she did those things, she went by the book, and still nothing, no period, more weight, nothing was working. Well, she couldn't figure it out, and when she started working with me, I said, you know what, let's not worry about adrenal PCOS, let's see what else is going on, and when I, dug deeper into what she was doing. We did some testing. We actually did a Dutch test on her, which is a hormone test that's very comprehensive. And she also got labs from her doctor, even though her doctor didn't want to run labs. What we found out is that her thyroid was almost non-functional at all. Okay? So this is a 19 year old girl. Her thyroid was like a 70 year old with hypothyroidism. Very, very slow functioning thyroid. So now she got on medication because let me tell you, although yoga and meditation in the world will not fix your thyroid, certainly not quickly. So when you have a situation like that where someone's not having a period, their weight is out of control, and you can tell their body is just off, and they're so young and you, know, you, you just feel for the person. And I really thought that she should go on medication to balance out her thyroid and she did, and within a couple months, two to three months of being on a medication, she felt so much better, her period of course returned, and her weight is slowly coming down. Okay? so don't get boxed into a type because it may blindside you. It may mask a bigger, more significant situation that's happening. More uh, condition like hypothyroidism would certainly kind of show up like PCOS sometimes. Um, and that's why you don't want to just say, okay, I got my answer. I'm done. You always want to continue thinking about it. You always want to continue testing and evaluating to make sure that you're not missing something important. Okay. So, Let's recap a little bit and then I have good news for you. (laughs) I have good news about PCOS types. but before we get into that, I want to make sure that we're all clear on this. So PCOS is in syndrome. Everyone has a different mix of symptoms. It's going to show up differently on you than your friend or even sister who also has PCOS. Okay. And I have several clients who are our siblings. I have one set of twins. They both have PCOS. I have other clients who have PCOS and our sisters, not the same symptoms, not the same manifestation at all. Okay. So again, don't get boxed in. It's dangerous. It's going to blindside you. It's going to slow down your treatment and healing, and you're going to get frustrated because you're not going to understand why things are not working for you. Okay. So usually insulin resistance, inflammation, And even with adrenal PCOS, we always wanna work on blood sugar management. So the PCOS type usually doesn't really matter. We wanna work on blood sugar management and identifying your carb tolerance, which I will talk about briefly today. But make sure that you're not getting boxed in. Second thing is don't rely on symptoms, you wanna test. You wanna always cross-reference your symptoms with lab work. And if your doctor is not giving you the lab work or refusing to give you lab work, Find a new doctor, okay? It's your basic right to have your labs done. The third reason is it can definitely mask a bigger issue, most commonly a thyroid problem. So you're gonna wanna take a closer look at that as well, okay? So take it with a grain of salt. You're the best kind of, you know, a person who knows your body and you definitely wanna listen to it. Your PCOS type and symptoms will change over time. There could be overlap. So make sure that you use your common sense as well. Okay? Let me jump into the comments again. Okay, you guys are all good. Okay, awesome. Um, Let's talk a little bit about carb tolerance. So your carb tolerance is the amount of carbs that you could eat in a meal that will feel great, will be delicious, will keep you satisfied, but won't send your symptoms, your PCOS symptoms, off the charts okay so when you finish a meal and you've incorporated carbohydrates in the right amount based on your carb tolerance which is the method that i teach for managing pcos you're going to feel satisfied you're not going to get cravings you're going to feel energized you're not going to feel like you need to take a nap after your meals and you're going to be you know, feeling normal. You're not going to feel deprived. Okay. So if you finish your meal and you have cravings, you're hungry soon after, you feel like you need to take a nap, you feel irritable, you feel like you need to drink coffee. That happens all the time. That's because you're not eating based on your carb tolerance. Now the way that I find your carb tolerance, the way that I help women discover it in my program is in phases. There are three phases. The first one is we, um, use your body measurements, your weight, your height, sometimes your age to identify the right range of carbohydrates for you based on your objective measurements, which are the things that I just mentioned, right? These things are, you know, not based on how you feel, they're facts, your weight is a fact, your age is a fact, you know, your, your, the, the needs of your body for calories and carbs are, for me, a fact, because as a nutritionist, I know exactly what your nutritional needs are. Then that's phase one. Then we get a score for your carbohydrate tolerance. So for example, you could score a two. A two means that you can eat two servings of carbohydrates in each one of your meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Not for the whole day. Every meal you eat two servings of carbohydrates. Then I teach you what is a serving, right? Because you, know, you may think a large banana is a serving, but it's not. You may think a bagel is a serving, but it's not. So I teach you how to understand the exact serving size of the specific different types of carbs, whether it's pasta, potatoes, or even chips or cookies, how to incorporate them in the right amounts based on your carb tolerance in each one of your meals. Then we work on how you're feeling. So you practice that for a little bit. Phase two is adjusting it based on how you feel. So we monitor your symptoms. And we see, okay, if after lunch you still feel cravings, maybe we need to adjust your carbs at lunch. If after dinner you feel like you could fall asleep within two minutes, you could be just tired or you could be eating too many carbohydrates in that meal and it's spiking your blood sugar too high. So we work to optimize your carb tolerance, kind of adjusting and tweaking it, dialing it in, as I like to say. And then in the third phase, We really optimize it. So we talk about timing, we talk about spacing of meals, we talk about um, how frequently you should be eating. That really helps um, to optimize your carb tolerance as well. Let me know if you have any questions about this. This is a big portion of my program where I I really teach this in detail. I actually have a podcast episode coming up about how to find out your carb tolerance and how it all works. So, I can't remember when it's scheduled to release. I record them in advance, but I think it's coming up in the next couple weeks. So definitely stay tuned for that. If you're not yet listening to my podcast, it's Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts, and it's on my website as well. So I do have an episode about carb tolerance coming up, but I can tell you this is life-changing for women. Women who've restricted carbohydrates, people who've consume too many carbohydrates, all of a sudden when you hit that sweet spot of eating based on your carb tolerance, it's like ah, a light bulb goes off. I just spoke to a client yesterday who said, you know, I always would fixate if I knew I had donuts in the kitchen or if I knew I had bread in the pantry. I couldn't stop thinking about it and I would have such intense cravings that would consume my entire day. And ever since we worked on that, she said it kind of went away. Like her desire for carbs quieted down because first of all, she's not restricting them anymore. She's adding them very smartly into her day and into every single meal in the right amounts, the right types, the right combinations. And then that had a cascade effect on her hormones where she's not even feeling the cravings anymore because she's not restricted and her insulin levels have gone down too. So this works in so many different ways and it's a very proven method that I've been using for a long time. Um, let's see, um, India is saying, my dinner was more heavy on carbs with non bread. I cut it out and opted for one roti instead and more lentils and it made me feel lighter. Yeah, there you go. So you could have just cut back to the right amount of carbohydrates total in your meal And that makes sense. That would make you feel a lot less bloated, more energized and more satisfied too. Awesome. All right. So I told you I have good news and it's all related to your PCOS type. So one of the things that has recently come out in research is that we actually now know, more or less, we're starting to know more about why women with PCOS manifest the symptoms so differently. Why is it that some people have belly fat and fatigue and acne. And some people have infertility and in facial hair. Well, we know from this study, big study that came out and was actually founded by the National Institute of Health, which is a great um, a great thing because we know that more research is being done on PCOS and that's definitely needed. So it's a great sign that the National Institute of Health funded this big study on women with PCOS and Um, hopefully more research and more money will go into this field because it desperately needs it. But in this study, 900 women with PCOS were looked at in terms of their genes. So their genetic makeup was mapped out. And what they came up with is that there are two genetic subtypes of PCOS. The first one is called the reproductive type. These women generally have lower weights. They have higher levels of a hormone called luteinizing hormone. LH and they also have higher levels of something called sex um, sex hormone binding globulin, okay? So that's a hormone that will kind of um, Determine the amount of testosterone and estrogen in your body. So the reproductive type is um, more LH more sex binding hormone sex hormone binding globulin and um, these women had lower BMIs, and they didn't really have an issue with insulin resistance. So these are generally the women who would have fertility problems. The second group that they discovered, the second subtype that they discovered was the metabolic group. So these women had high levels of insulin, Some of them had uh, blood sugar control problems, so they had higher blood sugar levels. But I do wanna say that you could have insulin resistance without having blood sugar control issues. So your blood sugar could be perfectly normal, but you could still be insulin resistant in that situation, okay? So keep that in mind. And you know, they had higher BMI, so higher weight, and that is known as the metabolic type. Okay, so more women fell into the metabolic type than the reproductive type, but this is really encouraging because these two genetic subtypes are obviously based on your genetic makeup, so it's a much more accurate way to look at subtypes of PCOS and it, they make sense. Right? We know that some women deal with infertility more so, and then other women deal more with the metabolic side of it, which is the weight gain, the cravings, the insulin, the blood sugar, the prediabetes, diabetes and things like that. And hopefully now that we have this information, it will lead to more specialized treatments. Right? So it will lead to more studies that will show us how to specifically treat each one of these two subtypes. So I think this is great news. I think this shows um, great promise. And I think it's it's really important to understand that we don't need to box ourselves into four or six different types of PCOS. You know, you may already know if you're a reproductive or a metabolic uh, subtype, and some women in this study had both. So some women did cross over between the two types. So maybe that is you. So, you know, this is not to discourage, this is not to kind of feel heavy or negative. This is, this is promising because now that we know this, we can treat it better, we can be more specific with our interventions and we can understand it better, which is really the first step to treating it fully, okay? So I think this is good news I think that you know if you wanna really get a handle of your PCOS, looking at hormone imbalances is really important. Making sure that your insulin is dialed in is very important. Um, using food and supplements we know is the best way to treat PCOS. So that's, that's really good news too because you do not have to rely on a medication to fix your PCOS symptoms and issues. You can always use food and nutrition Uh, To do that. So I think that's really encouraging as well. And then, you know, I always suggest working with a professional Right, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't try to fix it yourself if you god forbid had um, a chronic condition That's you know your immune system you you would go to a Specialized doctor you want to do the same with PCOS if your doctor is not giving you the right treatment or options find some someone that will and I think you know, the nutrition field has a lot of great practitioners that can help you. So I highly encourage you explore that if you haven't already done so. Okay. Um, Maria, do you recommend any supplements to help with PCOS? Yeah, I do. Um, I did a post on inositols in the group, so scroll back and look for that. Um, Inositol is a great supplement for PCOS. It's probably the only supplement that I can confidently say I would recommend for most women with PCOS. You always want to consult a professional, a doctor, a dietitian, or someone that knows you because I don't know anything about your medical history, but I would say inositol is a great supplement for women with PCOS. It helps with insulin sensitivity. It helps with fertility. It can even help with mood, things like anxiety and depression so many of my clients have seen amazing results with it and I feel confident enough to recommend it across the board for most women Um, I did a post about it in the group there are two types that I usually recommend so scroll back and look for that one is a pill one is a powder and I have discount codes for both so you can use that if you'd like Uh, berberine is a little bit more tricky so berberine will um, work similarly to metformin um, usually, it has less side effects. So there are there are studies that show that berberine is as effective as metformin, but has less side effects, which is great. It can increase your liver enzymes, so you want to be careful with that. Women who are trying to conceive should not be taking berberine, and then um, you know you you may want to um, do a little bit more research about it but it's been used for 5,000 years in Chinese medicine to treat diabetes and help with insulin resistance. So it's a great supplement, but it does have a few contraindications and risks. So definitely consult someone who knows your medical history and is a credentialed healthcare professional before you start on that. That one is something that you do wanna check on, okay? What else, ladies? All right, let me know in the comments if you have any other questions. Um, I'm gonna be here every week with either a topic or a live Q&A or maybe we'll just do a coffee chat one morning and you know, these this is the group where you wanna ask questions. You can post your own posts and comments and questions um, independently of this session on Thursdays. Um, the group is here for you. There are over 500 women with PCOS in the group who likely are struggling with the same things as you are. So I really encourage you to start conversations and be supportive of each other because this is what this group is for. All right, I think I'm going to jump off. If you have any questions, put them in the comments below this post and I will see you here again next week. Bye for now.